I think the way I'd like to begin today is just to thank my mom. She's no longer on this earth, but uh, I know that she's watching, and uh, I know that she's here, and mom, I love you. I'd also like to acknowledge my wife, Abby, for being such a great mom. You know, she's not here today because she's usually over in the rock building helping out with the children's ministry. And, you know, I can't think of a better place when you want to make an impact to children than being over there. And, you know, moms make those kind of sacrifices. And I think this morning she's home with a sick kid, which is kind of double duty. Um, and so I pray my daughter's well. And finally, I want to thank my wife's mom, Wanda. She raised not only a, just an incredible daughter, but she lives with us. And I don't know how we'd make it from day to day without her there. Grandmas are a blessing. Everybody should have a grandma live with them. Now, the first mother in recorded history was Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, it tells us the account of what occurred after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. And what it doesn't tell us is how unhappy Adam was at this turn of events. Adam got his fig leaves and he sewed them together and he put them on first. And he saw Eve start to sew her fig leaves together and put them on. And he said, stop! I wear the plants in this family. <laughs> and that's how Adam became the first man in history to spend the night in the doghouse. Now, today I'm going to discuss what I think is just one of the most incredible revelations in all of Christianity. And frankly, it's one of the things that sets Christianity apart from any other belief system, that and the fact that it's true. And that is, God honors us. Think about that. The God of the universe honors us. In every other religious belief system, they honor a God, but that honor is not returned. In John 12, 26, Jesus tells us, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. Let that sink in. The sovereign God of the universe, the maker of all that is, all that is seen and unseen, the man who hung the stars in the sky, the guy who so loved the world that he sent his son, yeah, that guy, he honors us. Think how important you are. Think how powerful you are. Think how loved you are. Oh, thanks, Dan. Okay, am I good? All right, I'll back up just a minute. Think how important you are. Think how valuable you are. Think how loved you are and how powerful you are to have the Lord of the universe love you and honor you. Now, three years ago this weekend, I was privileged to preach a sermon about honoring your parents. And as I was preparing today, I kind of read back over that. And when I did that, I noticed something. The way that we honor our parents and what I set forth in, in that teaching that day 
is the way that God honors us. It's amazing. He honors us in the way that we honor our parents. In honoring our parents, we are acting in conformity to the image of our Creator. We're being like Him. Now, that's a good thing. Most of the problems that we have in relationships could be solved if we were to simply honor people the way that God honors us. That's a simple solution to most problems. So, I think the place I'll start this morning is how we honor our parents. So what is it to honor someone? Honor in the Bible means to esteem, it means value, it means great respect. To honor someone is to value her highly and bestow value on her. God shows us esteem and respect. God values us highly and bestows value on us. God loves us. Now, to paraphrase Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, the greatest and most important commandment is to love and honor God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But God also commands us to honor others and to love others. He wants us to be like him. Some of the people God instructs us to honor are our parents, the aged, and those in authority because God put them there. In Exodus, God's people are commanded in Exodus 20.12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Apostle Paul called this the first commandment with a promise. Paul said, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is that you may be well and that you may live long on the earth. So there are 10 ways that we can honor our parents, which are a reflection of the way that God offers us. And the first is to be thankful for your parents and to your parents. I really believe that thankfulness is the spiritual access point. If you want to be spiritual, if you want to feel the Holy Spirit, start by being thankful. It's the best starting point. Jesus was constantly giving thanks to his Father. When you give thanks to and for someone, you're honoring them in the way that Jesus honored his Father. When you do this, you're exhibiting Christ-like behavior. You are acting in conformity with Jesus Christ. Thanking someone for the impact that they make in your life is perhaps the sincerest form of honor. Today, consider all of the things that your mother gave up for you. Consider the days of multitasking and having to get you from place to place. Consider her heartache when you hurt and her joy when you were happy. Consider her sacrifice and the time spent that she was raising you. Consider every time she made a meal kind of seemingly out of nothing or gave up something that she wanted so that you could have something that you needed. When you give thanks to your mother, you honor her. When you thank, give thanks for your mother, you honor God. Number two, forgive them. Forgive your parents. Forgive your mother. You know, your mother messed up from time to time. Well, so do you. Your parents weren't perfect. Neither are any of you. I know I'm not. God honored your mother by forgiving her wrongs, and the hurts she created in the world, and specifically the wrongs and the hurts 
that she brought to your life. Now, I know that there are people in this church today who have been badly injured by their parents. There are people in this church who've been hurt by a parent or even subject to physical or mental abuse. There are people here who have been abandoned by their parents. They may find it difficult to hear this message today. But the honor of forgiving someone is especially important to those people. Forgiveness is an access to freedom. You know, judgment is a super heavy burden. And when we judge, we have to carry this burden around. And it's heavy. And we're not meant to have that burden. We are meant to forgive and allow God to take that burden. That's what we're meant to do. Now, forgiving doesn't mean that an abuser is absolved of the consequences of their actions. But the judgment for that is God's. It's not yours. And you free yourself when you give your parent forgiveness. God honors forgiveness. Forgive your mom for any hurt that she gave you and you will honor her. Another way of honoring your parents are to fulfill their physical needs and protect their dignity. God is a source of life. He honors us by meeting all of our physical needs. You know, getting old is rough. Your body doesn't work right. You know, I was talking with Dana. I was telling her I, I can't even see the screen at the back of the room without my glasses. But if I put my glasses on, I can't read my notes. Getting old is rough. And it hurts. And you have a lack of independence and sometimes a lack of dignity. Respect your mother's dignity as she ages. Respect her independence. Care for her and meet her needs. You know, that's what Stuart and Sheila are doing this morning. They're honoring Sheila's mom by meeting her needs. Not only her physical needs, but her need for love. Her need to know that she has family. When you do these things, you honor God. And it's the way that God honors you. He fulfills your needs. Honor your mother by living out the values that are important to her. Jesus lived out the values of his father. He honored his father and he honors us by living those values out. You can do the same. Talk to your mom. Find out what's important to her. And then live that out in your life. When you do that, you bring honor to her. You know, this is a story more about my dad than my mom, but, you know, honesty and hard work were always big things in our family. They were the values with which we were raised. And on the day before we, uh, Abby and I were married, my dad told me that I had grown to be an honest man. That was an honor to him. And it's an honor to me. You know, a very similar honor that you give to your parents is to be the fulfillment of their essential joy. God honors us by bringing joy to our life. That's what Louis was talking about. You have to be joyful here in church. This is a beautiful place and a beautiful thing with beautiful people. Talk to your mom. Know what makes her happy and give it to her. You know, for my mom, it was time with all of her kids in the same house. She just loved to have everybody under the same roof, and she loved the chaos. And as her kids got married and we had spouses and kids and the chaos grew, she just loved it more and more. I bet most of your moms are like that. Honor your mother. Give her what she most finds joyful. 
Honor your mom by finishing the race that she was unable to run. You know, so many times, mothers sacrifice the things that they want in life. They sacrifice their goals in life to raise children. We can honor our parents by recognizing that and doing the things that they could never do. Do the things your mom couldn't do. Take the trips that she always wanted to take. If she's alive, take her with you. Make that part of the joy that you give her. But if she's gone, go there and live what she could not live. When you do that, you honor God and you honor your mother. Another way you honor your mom is to be the kind of parent that she could be proud of. God honors us when God lets us be parents. Not everybody gets that honor. Not everyone has the honor of being a mom. Let your mom see that you're worthy of that same honor that she had. Let your mom be proud of the parent you have become and you will give honor to her. One of the biggest ways that you honor your mother is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God honors us with the sacrifice of his only son. He brought life and light to the world. Share this life. Share this light with your mom and you'll honor her. You know, we're eternal creatures. We're going to live forever. It's a matter of where. Accept Jesus. Spend it with your mom. Just think how great of an honor that is. And the final way that I'd like to talk about of giving honor to your mom is never pass up an opportunity to love. You will never regret as you grow older the time that you spent with your parents. You'll never regret doing something with them or taking them someplace or giving them something that they love like a house full of kids. Your parents will too soon be gone if they're not gone already. Every moment with them is precious. It's true for your kids too, by the way. Every moment with them is precious. Don't miss one second of love. Don't miss one opportunity to love them. You need to do this. It's a way that you honor your mother. Now, each of these ways are God that, ways that God honors us. They're gifts that God gives us. When we honor our parents in this way, we bring joy into our parents' life. We bring joy and honor also to our Heavenly Father. So today, as you leave this church, I'd suggest just pick one of these, just one, and bring it to your mother today. And you'll give her a Mother's Day that she will never, ever forget. Now, I'd like to turn and discuss a little bit of the ways that God honors moms specifically. And the first is that God gives mothers the honor of joining God in an act of creation. You know, the development of a child in the womb is nothing short of a miracle. And it's a miracle only moms get to be a part of. Dads are there at the very beginning and there after nine months, but everything in between is moms. Psalm 139 reads, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I love those words. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet formed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. And as yet, there were none of them. You know, this is the role that a mother is blessed to fulfill. Aside from God, a mom is the first one to know a child. And a mom gets to know a child before that child is even born. In the beginning, a child child is known only to God and to his or her mother. And this is perhaps the greatest honor that God can give a person, to allow that person to be intimate with an unborn child in a way that no other person can be intimate with another. This picture is the first picture ever taken of my daughter, Maya. It was taken at a time when I didn't get to meet her yet. But Abby knew her. Abby knew when she was active and knew when she was sleepy. She knew when she was happy, and she certainly knew when that little girl was displeased. She knew the kind of music she liked and what would make her move. She even knew when she would hiccup. I didn't even know kids hiccuped in the womb, but I guess they do. She was given from God this very special gift, this very personal and intimate time with our child that I don't get to experience. It's a favor. It is an honor that God only bestows on moms. It's a time that only mothers get. Now, anyone who doubts the bonds that a mother has with an unborn child doesn't have any experience with a couple who's lost a child either during pregnancy or during birth. I have two very good friends in Colorado. Uh, I grew up with a a guy that we used to hang out with, and he played baseball and I played football, so we'd spend most of our time talking about which was a real sport and which was just a game. He and his wife struggled to get pregnant. They used every medical mechanism available to them And finally, after years, one joyous day, my friend learned that his wife was pregnant. Now, she was healthy and young. None of us, I think, had even hit 30 at that point. And she looked great, and she took care of herself. And during her pregnancy, she took care of her baby. She loved being with her baby, and she would play it orchestra music, which kind of drove my buddy crazy, because he didn't much like orchestra music. And... His mother, the paternal grandmother, was teaching the kid Japanese while she was still in the womb because she was certain that if she did that, that child would be born knowing Japanese and would understand its heritage. Everything looked good until a couple of weeks before the baby was due to be born. One day, my friend, she went into the doctor and there was no heartbeat. They delivered the baby that day, but she'd already left. She was already with Jesus. They grieved. And their grief was a gift from God. Grief is a gift that God gives to us. It is a way of acknowledging and honoring a life that is special and is important. My friends honored their daughter in a way that was special 
and important. Now, my friends went on to adopt two beautiful little girls. They're now young women um, and remarkable in every way. But they always remember their first daughter. And they remember her as vividly as if they had spent a lifetime with her. And my friend Tracy, she got to spend nearly nine months with that child. And they celebrate that child's life, no matter how brief. She celebrates the months that only she got to share. She celebrates the honor that God gave her to carry that child, even if she didn't make it to being born into this world. My friends know where their first daughter is, and they know that they'll see her again. That's honor. Now, there's likely at least one mother in this church who's lost a child either during pregnancy or during birth. You're no less a mother. And this day is to celebrate you as much as it is to celebrate anybody else. You have a child waiting with Jesus who cannot wait to see you again, to laugh with you, to talk with you about all that was and all that could be. God honors you in your pain and in your grief. Rest in the promise that you will see your child again. There's also probably women in this church that desperately want to have kids that haven't. I don't know why that happens, but I know that God has a purpose for it. It may be that you'll have a child later in life. I was 43 when Maya was born. For a lot of women, they wait so the men in their life can become mature enough to be fathers. Maybe that's why we had to wait so long. It may mean that you were meant to foster parent or to adopt or to be a mentor. Whatever God's plan is for you, trust it. Trust God. You're unique and you're loved and you have a purpose. Trust in that purpose. A second way that God honors women is by tailoring the fruits of the Spirit to deal with unruly children. And we're all kind of unruly children at one point or another. Galatians 5, starting at 22 through 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that's one of my favorite words, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, men are given these gifts as well, but there is something special about a mother's love in the way that these fruits are lived into the world. I have a biologic brother and a biologic sister. I also have a brother kind of by default. He was never adopted by my parents. He just came to live with us and kind of never left. And he was always in trouble. He couldn't help himself. You want to talk about long-suffering? Dealing with my buddy Gary, that was long-suffering. I remember it was the sixth or the seventh grade. Him and my friend Greg were throwing rocks over a fence on one of the, onto one of the busiest roads in Colorado Springs. My mom was none too happy when the police showed up to suggest to them that that was not proper conduct. My buddy Gary and my friend Greg, they'd get in fights at school, not because they didn't like each other, but they know if they got in a fight, they'd get kicked out of school for two days and could hang out. I'll never forget my mom just absolutely hitting the roof when Gary's picture showed up in Colorado Springs Most Wanted in the Crime Stoppers section of the newspaper. 
I thought he was going to be long-suffering at that point. But you know, the love that moms give to kids suffers through all that. And you can't change it. You know, some years later when my not-quite-adopted brother went to prison, my mom was the only one to write him. She didn't give up on him. My mom got the honor of loving him and supporting him when he was unlovable and unsupportable. At his wedding, my mom got to be the mom of the groom. She got to grow to see him be a great father, a successful businessman, a pillar of his community, even the president of his homeowners association. She got to see him be a good and faithful servant. You know, he had a friend whose son tragically died in an auto collision. And this young man, this young man who was always in trouble, went online and rounded up hundreds of people to pray for this family because of my mom's long suffering, because of the honor that God gave her to love a kid. Now, I know that Gary will call me today and we'll talk about my mom and we'll laugh about all the silly antics he went through and we'll smile and we'll honor my mom. You know, one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I know May is probably not the best time to talk about Christmas movies, but one of my favorite is The Christmas Story. That's the, that's the movie about the little kid who wants the Red Ryder BB gun and does everything he can to, to get that Red Ryder BB gun. Well, there's a scene in the movie where he gets in a fight with a bully, and he's on top of that bully just pounding away and just letting out a stream of profanity, and his mom comes to get him. But rather than being angry with this kid and disciplining him, she sees her son's pain. She sees his frustration and his anger and how he let it out. She was gentle and kind and faithful to her son. And when the rather taciturn father comes home, she makes no big deal of it. It's like he got in a dispute with another kid. Never said a word because she loved her son and she had the fruits of the spirit that allowed her to be a great mom. She was honored by the gifts that God gave her. One of my favorite just pictures, things to picture in the Bible, is Jesus is on the cross. It's a horrible day. And who's watching him? His mom, his aunt, the disciple John, and a group of close friends. Think about long-suffering. Thinking about seeing your son being tortured and killed. That's an example for all of us. That's long-suffering. That's faithfulness. That's gentleness. That's kindness. Jesus had a special mom. And you know what? There's many in this room today that had a mom that was just as special. Never doubt that. Mothers are gifted with the honor of knowing what their kids are capable of. They know this in a way that men don't know it. They intuit it in a way that men never can. And again, Jesus' mom Mary was a perfect example of this. Jesus' ministry of miracles and signs began when his mom called him out. She called him out at a marriage ceremony, a wedding, when he said, it's not my time, and she says, yeah, right, why don't you go do this? 
It's in John chapter 2, 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Think about that for a minute. Jesus is going to weddings with his mom. That's kind of cool. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But you know what? His mom knew different. His mom knew it was his time. His mom knew how powerful and great and important he was. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who drew the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have been well drunk, I guess have well drunk, not been well drunk, then the inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. His mom knew. She knew what her son was capable of. She knew that it was his time. How many times have our mothers encouraged us? How many times have they told us that we could be something great? How many times did they tell us you can do it. You just got to try. How many times have the moms in here said that to their kids? We need to listen because moms know. God honors mothers by giving them the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 16 through 18, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Think about what mothers face nowadays. They have drug addiction. They have teen pregnancy, sexually transmitted disease, sexual predators. Bullying and social isolation in a world of social media. Mothers have to wonder whether today is the day somebody's going to come in and shoot up their kid's school, whether they'll make it out alive. How does a mom deal with these things? How do you be a mother in the face of all the modern things that come at you? The answer is you have guidance, you have help, you have the Holy Spirit that will help you make good decisions. And when your strength isn't enough, you have the strength and power of Jesus because God honors mothers. God honors the things that they face. You know, you wonder how mothers did it in the 1940s when war spread across the entire globe. My grandmother sent eight of her boys to that war and at one point had four stars in the window. 
Or how did moms handle it in the late 60s and 70s when their sons were being sent to fight in the jungles of Asia? How do mothers do it today when their sons are fighting in the deserts of the Middle East? Mothers can do it because they're never, ever alone. Now, hopefully there is an engaged, involved, and present father to help them. But the biggest embarrassment to this great nation is the rate at which fathers do not become involved in the lives of their kids. It's an embarrassment to this nation. Men, we need to do a better job. We dishonor ourselves when we are not present in our children's lives. We need to step up our game, guys. And we need to bring that message to our community, to this state, and to the world. Women shouldn't have to do it alone. But you know, there are a lot of great single moms out there. And there shouldn't be, because we men need to step up to the plate. But you know, these single moms do a great job. And they do it because they love. They do it because they are honored by God with the ability to love, and they are honored by God with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. No matter how tough it is as a mother, you're never alone. God is with you. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. You are more than a conqueror. You're a mom. The final way God honors mothers is to give them the gift of salvation and the forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.7 reads, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. God honors us enough and honors mothers enough to give his son so that we may be forgiven. There's no such thing as a perfect mother. I know my mom wasn't perfect. But to you moms out there, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Perfection is not the goal. Love is. That's the goal. Do your best. Be faithful. Trust in and honor what Jesus gave you on the cross willingly. Trust in and honor the Holy Spirit that will speak to your heart. All of your failures as a mother, Jesus took to the cross with him. And he took them so that you don't have to bear that burden. You know, sometimes we judge ourselves and we carry that burden of judgment. And just like we free ourselves by forgiving others, we free ourselves by forgiving us. Jesus carries that burden. We don't have to. Every moment where you feel as a parent that you have failed or not been enough for your kids, Jesus took that to the cross with him. He carries that burden so you don't have to. This is an honor that is unique to mothers. If the praise team could come forward. This brings me back to Adam and Eve. You know, Adam and Eve had the perfect father. And they lived in a perfect place. They had paradise. They had everything they could ever want. And even though everything was perfect, 
they ended up wearing fig leaves hiding in the bushes. If the perfect father raises kids like that, I suspect it's not your fault when your kids go astray. Cut yourself some slack. God's children didn't turn out perfect. I suspect yours won't either. Thank God for the honor and gift of grace and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.